Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back to Angel on Top, a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of Angel, one by one, spoiler-free, and in tandem with Buffering the Vampire Slayer. I'm your co-host, Latoya Ferguson, a.k.a. the Cordelia Chase of the Bufferingverse, a.k.a. Bones, a.k.a. one half of the Gun Squad, a.k.a. Theodore K. Mullins. And I'm your co-host, Morgan Ludich, a.k.a. the Winifred Burkle of the Bufferingverse, a.k.a. also Bones, a.k.a. one half of the Gun Squad, a.k.a. Frank Skabopoulos. And this week, we are watching Angel Season 3, Episode 9, Lullaby. Lullaby was written and directed by Tim Minear. It aired on the WB on November 19th, 2001. And this is the one where Team Angel tries to find a place for Darla to safely give birth to her and Angel's child. But she ends up dying in an alley instead. Right, we have gotten through our sweeps really because mm-hmm. next week's episode is really, you know, it's kind of the come down. This has been ramping up. We've been on the run, baby. Driving in the sun. <laughs> looking out for number one. All of this is true. Angel's baby, <laughs> here we come. <laughs> right back where we started from, which the alley actually is. That's true. Yeah. I mean they You've really brought it full circle, much like the show has. Angel's baby, angel's baby, here we come. Just the best song there is. Um, This this episode is so good, if I may. (laughs) How much did you remember about this episode? I remember her dying in the alley vividly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I actually remembered a fair amount of the rooftop conversation they have on like the roof of the Hyperion and her kind of like saying that like, you know, the baby's soul was like becoming, you know, she was actively right now kind of becoming her soul and like she didn't know what would happen without that. Like, I remember those feelings and how I felt when I watched that like very clearly, which was uh, incredibly emotional. Like this was really I think the first the first arc in my first watching of it when I was you know like a teenager wanting this to be Buffy 2.0 mm-hmm. that I really really felt very like close to and emotional about like this one really got me because I just was like too much of a you know cookie cutter goody two shoes to enjoy uh beige angel um or him like being bad uh so (laughs) this i really like i really got and i really felt um and and understood like the hurt and the pain for and it holds the fuck up it is so good um 
What about you? How is this for you first time and this time? I mean, I don't know how much I remember about first time watching it. I, obviously, I was into it. This time it worked. I mean, I because before I even got this hosting gig, I was like already doing an Angel rewatch. I was in season three. I'd already gotten past this episode. I'm like, yeah, this fucking slapped. And again, <laughs> I want to just go the fuck ahead and say goodbye to all you listeners. It's just me on the road to more Angel by myself. Baby. <laughs> uh yeah it is great uh duh the season is great uh this uh, little trilogy of episodes we just had have been great angel on top superior podcast about the vampire slayer we're having the most fun because of stuff like this baby we're having fun are you guys having fun i bet not Watch are you out. having fun yet party down <laughs> it's coming back yeah that, that will date our recording that was today's news i am over the moon I do feel like I um, summoned this because last night I did give a like five minute extemporaneous rant about how Ken Marino and Megan Mullally are two of the funniest people that have ever existed. And the fact that they uh, interact a lot on not one but two shows um, is uh, just a gift. Yes. So let's get into Lullaby, shall we? Yes, please. Previously on Angel, um, basically every Darla and Angel scene that have existed in Buffy and Angel is the previous ladies. Darla seeing Angel, drunk Liam <laughs> getting rowdy and being like, who is that? And, you know, chomping on him in the alley. Mm-hmm. They were together 150 years. All, all slow life. motion. Yeah. And then, then enter Holtz. And then uh, Darla is back from the dead in season two. And then Darla is back again in season three. Niazian prophecies and the Trollclan, all that fun stuff. Holtz is face to face with Angel, and we're back. Indeed, we are. And we get their first kind of like big present day confrontation. Yeah. And as I was m- forcing Morgan to read uh, before this, the, the shooting script for this episode, this, this scene, and just how it's good writing. I was just like, specifically, it's good writing that translates in uh, Boreanaz's acting, who we, we've been praising a lot this season, and for good reason, honestly. Yes, he he's great in this episode. And I, I just think, like, again, like, I mean, it's I hate to feel like I'm a broken record, but it is such a lived in performance. And you do feel all of the history there. Like, you feel not only all of his history with with Holtz, but like his history, understanding, like, the level of responsibility he has for his actions, even if he now feels like a different guy, he understands that he like it doesn't matter to anyone else. Like if he hurt someone while, you know, wearing this face, he hurt them and they have no reason to treat him differently. Um, and I like the the sadness and like the weariness with that, I think, is really, really present. And because I, I a couple of times like my why don't you just like talk about it, um, you know, uh, response uh, came came up and I was like, well, actually, because it doesn't it wouldn't make a difference. And, you know, he like Holtz has his mind made up and mm-hmm. yeah. like we get that proven to us. Yeah. And the thing is with uh, the Angel Holtz thing, like Angel can tell his, you know, Holtz stories to the gang and, you know, have them be pretty, like, fun, you know, adventures. Like, Angel has tons of stories. But then, you know, when he's away from them, he has to basically, when he's sitting in the dark, these are the types of things he just dwells over all the time, basically. Because they're hearing, you know, the cool action stuff, mm-hmm. but he's not telling them what he did to Holt's family. 
he's he's just not that or like that story night at angel investigations got really awkward and very uh somber and dour yeah he, he tells him the fun of you know uh this this guy holtz was chasing us because you know we were badasses basically you know mm. we were doing shit but like he's not gonna go into detail about the shit they were doing that had a vampire hunter coming to chase them across countries and continents he knows he can't make up for it like you do that to someone's child that's uh that's a done deal that's a uh that's an enemy for life there's really no redeeming that for that person and <laughs> i like i totally get it and i i well well as I said off mic, Holtz is not my guy, uh, but I I fully sympathize. Like, ow. <laughs> so if I asked you who are your guys, you would not say Holtz? Um, he would be low on my list of guys. <laughs> I mean, okay, if we're saying who are your guys and they're like Buffy, Angel, Big Bads, how low is he on the list from what we've seen on both Buffy and Angel? Pretty low. Like, is he is he lower than Adam? Um, I like how weird adam is adam makes <laughs> oh, you, me you laugh like, you like dang freaks that's your thing i love freaks like he's too normal like he's just he's just a just an angry hunter dad uh gone gone wrong whereas adam's a weird robot son he's a he's a large son and i love large sons so <laughs> god but also if, if- they made Holt weird in any way. It w- I don't think Holt would work if he was weird either. That's the thing. I don't when, want. I don't want anything weird about Holt. You know, especially w- yes. what they did to him. Oh, especially. I. I just like like all of my like in my head. Holt solves are like. I wish he had someone on his crew he talked to a little more, and there was just like some kind of like emotion other than like stoic staring and the singing didn't really work for me but like angel can't be his only good scene partner and he kind of is like the sajan stuff is like doesn't feel emotional to me at all yeah it's because the sajan stuff is like he's clearly being manipulated and he he's ignoring it he asks later is like mm. is this the only thing he kept for me it's like uh yeah sure like come on dude so Angel is putting basically the prophecy together and the confluence of events and mm. that he thinks Holt is the Troclon or the result of the Troclon. You know, you know, yeah. again, these these prophecies and their translations. Yes. <laughs> and he's uh, Holt says, for 200 years I slept, for 200 years I dreamt of nothing but this moment. Angel makes a, a Whedon crack because that's what show we're on. Not mm. the best. And you would think in this instance he would know not to make this crack. Because yeah. since he's feeling so much like empathy for this guy. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> yeah, it explains why you look so well rested. And I'm like, geez. And the, so this is, of course, Holtz's moment to be like, you haven't changed. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny the, the things that keep piling up for him to think that nothing's changed. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, so Darla's still around. You haven't fucking changed because mm-hmm. it's it's great because when he, even when he learns about the soul, and then the next thing is the Darla's like, well, he has a soul, but you know he's still fucking around with this one, mm-hmm. uh, the demon bitch, as he calls her. So. Which uh, he and I need to have words about that. I mean, she is a demon bitch and you agree and that's what you love about her, though. Yeah. And I'm like that you say it like it's a bad thing when in fact it is an incredibly cool and hot thing. Like when David Salvatore says gay. Oh, uh, that's a very bad thing. Drops quite the hard G there. So I guess he like Holtz is dropping a, a hard B here. This is not like when Cordelia is calling her and Lila both like 
like super like heinous bitches. Like mm-hmm. it's it, this is there's there's no love used uh, with this uh, this bitch. I didn't care for it. <laughs> this bitch. This bitch. <laughs> but I will say also like um Holtz's uh goons trap angel and I did not like seeing my husky boys uh from the gym be used for evil so much in this episode. Because me. in your mind Sajan wasn't talking about how they were being used for evil. He's just talking about how cool they are. Yeah, I'm like these sweet guys, you know, they're for hire, but you know, they don't know what they're getting into. <laughs> they that's the thing. They they actually don't know what they're getting into. So that's they can wash their hands of this they're just like we do what you you tell us so there your boys are innocent morgan boys innocent you heard it here first folks god (laughs) cancel morgan that's true you should uh yeah so angels of course you know while you were sleeping a lot changed Mm. and (laughs) then uh hold uses holy water to be like not so much and uh this was the moment i really liked in the script which i'm gonna bust out because i was like this is oh, yeah, good and, and i have to find it again because i scrolled yes uh holtz brings up a vial of holy water chucks it in angel's face eliciting smoking and roaring and vamping but just for an instant it's a kind of wobbly morph as angel through sheer force of will pushes the beast within back inside good good stuff right <laughs> it's yeah i mean it's it's like it's the core of the thing that he's that Angel's always fighting with. Like he cannot change his being. Like uh, he can do all the work that he wants, but he still part of him is a monster, and and like that part of him is like in his body. That part of him is also in his past. Like there's, it's just something he has to accept. And try to move on with, which is also why I appreciate he's like, there's no like making it right for what I did to you. Like I, I, it's something that a lot of other heroes wouldn't do. Like they would try to apologize and explain, but he knows Mm -hmm. there's, there's nothing. Yeah. A lot of this episode and Darla, I need to get into it. Acknowledge the fact that yes, um, Angel's on a mission of redemption and this whole thing's being like atoning, but he knows he can't actually atone for the past he just has to keep doing good he's not like really trying to balance things on the ledger like mm-hmm. the shanshu prophecy and him becoming human would be great for him but you know he's not expecting it and he knows he can't undo the things that he's done mm-hmm. yeah it's it's not like a linear like go back and apply it's, it is not um making uh, amends? my name is earl oh. <laughs> um but that would be pretty funny if, get, if we just change to apologize can we get Boreon as like in a single camp sitcom for his next thing i mean i would like that very much yes please <laughs> i mean it just, it'd be easier work for him at least slightly it'd still be hard like harder than a multicam but like he's been doing hour-long dramas non-stop for decades at this point yeah you could maybe use something a little lighter a little a little quicker <laughs> Boreon as i will write this for you yeah please i will write a sitcom <laughs> That's how much I want it for you. I hope you don't mind there not being any good jokes or jokes at all. Not true. You will write good jokes for Boreanaz. <laughs> Thanks. Most, most of them will be like, oh, no, I spilled a bunch of water on myself. And now I'm very in the soaked shirt. <laughs> Just writing gross, we'll, horny fantasies. We'll get into a soaking wet Boreanaz later. Yes, we will. <laughs> Holtz makes a point like you didn't do those things to me. And you didn't do them alone because he he their their whole torture thing was destroying his family and just making him have to sit with it because that's the kind of people they were. 
Yeah, they were not nice. <laughs> they were bad. It, yeah, there's no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No ambiguity. They were bad, bad people. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Darla's in the active stage of her labor because Wesley is a fucking expert in giving birth to babies, and I need to know what's going on here. I will say, Fred is the one who's like, she's in active labor. And then Wes is the one who's like, hey, let me come and tell you how to Lamaze breathe. And I'm again like, Wes, what do you know? I appreciate what do you it? know and yeah. how do you know it? I do appreciate that Cordelia points out like, hey, guys, like childbirth's pretty natural. Women have been doing it like for a while. So like chances are this is kind of just going to happen and we're just going to, you know, facilitate it any way that we can. Because like that is. But she was wrong, though, in this case. Yeah, it's like, well, vampire women have not been having babies for, you know, this long. This this is fairly new and notable, Cordy. Um, and Gunn, of course, wants Vaseline in a catcher's mitt. And there's our practical boy. <laughs> is there fan fiction about Wesley's knowledge of the birthing process and babies in general? And if so, I guess send it our way because I need I need to fill in the gaps. I am, I know I pitched it last week, but I do, I think, I think high school, I think like, you know, high school or college pregnancy, like, or, or like a, even like if it wasn't him, like a friend who got pregnant that he needed to like help, like even that. Actually, wait, Morgan, stop. mm -hmm. Not fan fiction. If there's not a canon, like comic or book, like Buffy book about it, we're going to write it. So whoever is in charge of that. Yeah. Contact us, please. Please contact us. I would nothing would make me happier than to write like a young Wes trying to do right by some like pregnant friend of his and like dealing with monsters and shit. Like, ugh. Watcher school? Yes, please. So he's teaching her how to breathe and she's she screams, I don't breathe, and she just pushes them all aside. And she starts sobbing, because you know, hormones, baby. Poor thing. I <laughs> Again, as we've as we've said before, and we'll likely say again, if you've given birth, hats off to you. Uh, seems real hard. Um, I I feel so bad for Darla right now. She was really going through it, and uh, she's entitled to shove whoever she wants right now. In my opinion, yeah, I agree. And you know that's how we begin our episode. Mm-hmm. And then after the opening credits, we uh, flash back to the night that uh, Angel and Darla killed Holt's, Holt's family. He's finally getting home. Mm-hmm. everyone's dead except for little sarah yay right they did something nice or did they and actually before they reveal you know what happened i did write in my notes these struggle british accents <laughs> i we Daddy. have to acknowledge this the, both of them sorry holt but so obviously i i don't have the major issues with holtz that you do mm-hmm. but because again like i said i i think Fenton doesn't have to be as rational as you're trying to make it Fair. <laughs> um, but his British accent is a mess. And the only reason it doesn't get crapped on the way people do Boreanaz is Irish or like Bianca Lawson's whatever that is, mm. is because it's understated, but it's still like not good. It's so understated. It's not a British accent. Like yeah, He's I- not Dick Van Dyking around. So that's why no one's talking about it. But it's not good. It's not good. He's like throwing it away. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Because like when you kind of just like murmur everything... 
it's kind of odd. Like I then it like takes away some of the dynamics that you could use. I I don't know. Yeah, not. For and me I've thought either. about this for a long time because especially if you watch the season three gag reel and when he fucks up a take and then he speaks in his normal accent, which is very much not this. <laughs> it's not British because he's not British. Uh, mm. It's just like, what are we doing here? <laughs> accent work. So. And again, justice for David Boreanaz and his Irish accent. Um, you're all a bunch of haters. Again, Darla. I'm trying to get canceled. <laughs> Let it happen to me. No. <laughs> Pulling you from the grips of cancellation. <laughs> He's from Oak Park, Illinois. If, I, if I'm correct, that is a Chicago sur- suburb, I believe. I believe it is, yes. This is also when he, like, he sings to his... He's like, calm down. Let me sing to you. Um, and it... This also was odd to me because it didn't really seem like she wanted or needed a song. And I was like, okay, like, I I appreciate the like, it is a story device and it eventually like giving Mm -hmm. Lorne the warning that it gives. But it it felt a little reverse engineered for me. What are you going to do? What do parents do? I don't know. I I don't have a mom. I have a mom. My mom hasn't sung like sung to me like that, at least. Yeah, I, 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 maybe that's a sa- a thing that we share because I, I too have never been soothed by a parent singing me a little, little something. <laughs> that that was not in my parents' toolbox. If I were a parent and my child had just been chomped, you know what I would sing? <laughs> what would you sing? As we go on, <laughs> we remember. We remember. <laughs> All the uh, times I'm on cold job. medicine. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> this is where I, I, I will disclose that I wrote in my notes. He sings to her, which is nice, I guess. Seems to be more for him than for her. <laughs> See, I wrote in my notes. Holt realize, realizes she is vampire. Yes, with a Y. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, notices the chomp on her neck and is like oh and then i wrote i do feel bad for him for the record but over at wolfman hearts lila's briefing linwood and gavin on the mystery man who's not in the system at all because wolfman hearts just fucking up all over the place yeah it's like who handles their historical record but to be fair i guess what record would there be of this but then giles is always pulling out a dusty old tome being like when angel was like in this year he did these four things and i'm like how do you know that who wrote that down so i guess someone's writing all this shit down wow i think you should put all of that in your shanshu prophecy who would have the records of such a thing mm-hmm um, I like this moment where they're like, is this a new player? And then Gavin swoops in and he's like, probably an old player. He called him Angelus. And I'm like, what the fuck? That was Lila's observation. You I dick. love how they're they're jockeying for position with Linwood. It's actually great to me. And Gavin has really turned a corner with this whole thing. <laughs> I'm so mad at him. He's being such a little dingus. I am uh <laughs> I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm like, Gavin, this was actually hot. I approve. <laughs> My, like, women in the workplace, like, uh, being snubbed by their male colleagues, anger, <laughs> clashing with my, but Morgan, you don't want Wolfram and Hart to run well. It's a bad place full of bad people. And I'm like, but still, sexism's wrong. Like, um, you know, start trying to really go around and around and around in this old skull here. <laughs> skull. Stop about your skull, you weirdo. I'm a weirdo. 
people don't need to hear about Angel, the TV series. Just cancel us completely. Scorch, no. <laughs> scorch the earth. <laughs> Salt it. <laughs> Remove us from the narrative. Well, that is what Linwood does. <laughs> He decides he was because it wasn't it did this didn't go well that he was never here, which is a move I didn't know you could do. Linwood, uh, as I wrote in my notes, really is that bitch. Like <laughs> truly, he's like, when I hear about this for the first time at our next staff meeting, I'm gonna be so pissed at you guys. <laughs> and I was like, what a bitch. Uh, how did it take us three seasons to get Linwood Moreau? He's great. Linwood is great. At, yeah, as I said before, just like my, so far, my favorite, um, you know, like upper management uh, Wolfram and Hart person so far. Just awesome. A great performance. <laughs> yeah. So back at the hotel, Angel's trying to figure out what's up with Holtz because he's still human. So how'd you manage, you know, this whole 200 uh, years thing? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Holtz is admiring, <laughs> admiring the weapons collection, which again is no longer in the basement because Angel was upset that everything was moved around. So mm-hmm. it's right in the open for any old person to get. So Holtz says that Darla was the unpredictable one, mm-hmm. and he wonders if she would sense if like he killed Angel right now. Possibly, actually. Yeah, maybe. And I know he's like, maybe I should just kill you, and then Darla will come to me for revenge, because uh, it has a way of doing things like that. <laughs> And Angel basically wants to know, like, what did you give up for this? Like, what was, like, your deal with the devil? What what was the deal? He says nothing was taken, but, you know, I I don't know. I feel like something's taken, even if he doesn't think so. Yeah, it definitely took a toll on him. And, like, but, yeah, he's like, there was nothing left. Like, you took everything from me. There was nothing left to take. And this is where Angel points out that his soul wasn't taken from him. And that, like, he's like, but in, but your soul will be, like, destroyed and corrupted if you allow yourself to be used to do evil, which is what's happening to you right now. Yeah. He's like, you remember when you all your sidekicks used to be men and now they're demons? Look at you. Which I'm like, Angel, these demons seem really nice and very cool and very buff. And, like, they have a dope gym that they should invite me to. But point well made. Yeah. <laughs> And then Holt's like, I don't remember you ever pleading so cravenly before, which, yeah, that's true. Because uh, back in the day, obviously, Angelus would just crack jokes about all of this. Here, we just cracked the one joke that was <laughs> ill-advised. Yeah, it's like, come on, buddy. Meanwhile, Cordy is smacking Wes awake, which can't be good for his brain. It can't be, but I love her little her little slap. It's it's very, I, I feel like it, it doesn't rattle his brain too much. It's very, it's very gentle. But it's also, as God notes, it's again. So she's been hitting him for a while at this point. Yes. And I love that, like, God's like, hit, her, hit him again. Like, that at least it's, at least it's Cordy's responsibility to do the slapping. So Gunn gets what he deserves later. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, and Darla is feeling, like, much, like, weepier now. She's muttering to herself, and it's great. Once everyone, you know, once Wes is up and they get into the car, everyone just squeezes into the front seat. It's comfy. It's so cute. Fred's, like, sitting on Gunn's lap, and I I love it so much, and I love when Darla's like, none of you want to sit with me? (laughs) They do make a good point, though. Her water broke all over the back seat, apparently. Yeah, Poor Angel. okay. (laughs) Yeah, that interior. He's going to have a whole conniption about his car he absolutely is and that interior is fucked so um (laughs) hope he has a guy (laughs) i'm sure he has he has to have a guy 
when you have an old classic car like that, I feel like you have to have like a guy. And then we have another scene like uh, with the reveal of the vampire cult last episode, which is Wesley realizing all the demons are coming to get them. And then one of the demons has has got her. Mm-hmm. Is it Darla? No, it's Lila. Because again, these demons, not the brightest. <laughs> They're not very um, smart. And she like goes like even hits her with the holy water. It's like this isn't her. She isn't even a vampire. <laughs> I, Lila takes being hit with that holy water in stride pretty well, which I like. <laughs> she's definitely annoyed about it, but she's like, I get it. I'm not gonna comment on it. <laughs> um, I'm obsessed. He asks, like, do you know who like Angelus is? I, I really like the wacky sidekicks, yada yada. <laughs> As do I. What a queen. Just unfazed by everything. Lila, I love you. She's like just r- cool to watch and wait for the torture. But yeah, um, this is how Holtz learns about the soul curse. Mm-hmm. Which again, Sajan didn't tell him. Yeah. And she's like, like, I'll just go. And he's like, no, I guess I'm gonna have to fuck you up too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's like, because she brings up that she's a lawyer, and he's like, you you deal in man's law. <laughs> I deal in God's. I'm sorry, I'm trying to do his British accent. Uh-huh. And he's, he's like, I said, I'm a lawyer. I don't care about the law. <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah, I love that. Is this also where he's like, your men fought well and all of that yeah, stuff? Yeah, like, and she's like, I don't, she clearly doesn't care. I appreciate like like if I felt like like I like the idea the 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 motions towards that is the idea that Holtz is like was and is still hanging on to the pieces of him that were this like big man of honor so I think if if there had been more of a sense of that before I like that would have felt like um, Mm -hmm. something to me like that he lost it feels more like something he kind of I didn't really see him having before. And yeah, I, 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 I like that kind of bit. I was just like him thinking, of course, you know, she sent these people. She would want to know that, you know, they, they fought like with honor and, and you know, they, they put up a fight, but like, she doesn't give a shit. And he's not really noticing that like, she's like an evil piece of shit basically. Yeah. Cause he's got his own shit to consider, which is, is like fair. You're right. Like vengeance is not, um, uh, it, not a head, not a clear headspace. Yes. I mean, he he's not thinking um evil female lawyers exist. Fair enough. He knows demons exist, but like he would not have known that evil demon lawyer like female lawyers exist. That's just not a thing he would know to exist. I mean, he hasn't even seen Allie McBeal, so he doesn't even know that lawyers can wear short skirts and be girls. Like so, once he he's sees got a lot of catching up to do. Imagine Holt seeing the Barry White dance in the bathroom and losing his shit. <laughs> I'm see. I'm more thinking about him like getting a Vonda Shepard CD and really just like <laughs> jamming and hearing her like just if like he heard that piano bar music and just could vibe for a little bit. Maybe he could repair some things. I think what would actually help him repair something is Robert Downey Jr. singing "River." He would lose his shit. It's coming off Christmas. They're cutting down trees. Putting up brand dancing songs of joy and peace. Oh, wish I had a river I could skate away on. Things could change. Just this a is, thought, Holtz. Yeah, that's what would save Holtz's soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, weirdly, no one 
grabs a boombox and the copy of an Ally McBeal Christmas that they obviously would also have on hand and plays this for him. So he continues his mission. So while Lila's talking with Holtz, Angel is stealthy and he gets a grenade. Yeah, and he he chomps down on the ring and pulls the pin and and he does tell Lila to duck. duck. He he yeah. He yeah he doesn't he doesn't want to kill her like which which is nice and also I think I think he's also smart enough to know that like the the fact that he knows her and they have a rapport can only be like like can be a good thing for him in terms of like having someone at uh, Wolfram and Hart that he can talk to and intimidate and all that stuff. So then um, Holtz and Lila like have a have like a continuation of their scene. And I was surprised like I felt like another show would play Holtz like not believing that Angel had gotten his soul back, but he believes it right away. It just doesn't change his mind. Mm. Um, and Lila establishes that Darla is not reinsold because like Holtz mm-hmm. does ask. Yeah, she says that um, Darla is free range evil. Which again, that means like even if there's any goodwill that is created from knowing that Angel has a soul, the fact that he's still hanging around with Darla without one, even though, you know, not the full picture still. Yep. <laughs> that's like, well, fuck him. Yeah. And uh, then Lila finds uh, just a spare Niazian scroll uh, laying about. She steals that in all of Wesley's notes, which is what Angel came to get also. <laughs> like, that's why he's there. Yep. What a bitch. <laughs> I love her. Meanwhile, the gang is fighting those demons as Darla continues to mutter. And then I wrote in my notes, go Fred, kick ass, because Fred's kicking ass. She does. And, and and at one point, like, Gunn does help her and she says, thank you, Charles. And I was like, <laughs> were you just sobbing? How much crying were you doing during this episode, honestly? Me, uh, I was holding it in and being very dignified and stiff up for lip. <laughs> And you never screamed, ever. Never screamed, never cried. There is not a picture of me uh, watching the show lovingly that was taken uh, by my boyfriend. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved I loved this. And I love that Darla just like hops in the driver's seat and takes the guys out. And you're like, oh, hey, Darla's being helpful. And then drives away. <laughs> and then we have an excellent button to the scene, which is Angel finally arriving <laughs> and asking... What are we looking at? Angel, like, truly arriving 10 minutes late with Starbucks. Like, just he, the way he installs himself, like, in the center of the group of all of them, as if he's been there all along. And it's like, <laughs> what are we all looking at? And they all look at him like, wait, what? <laughs> Wonderful. So good. Um, good TV writing. Good TV. I would agree. It's kind of like a movie. Like a really long one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm TV, glad we're on the same page about this. <laughs> TV was movies even in 2001. So true. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. 
Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So our, our, we go to commercial and come back, and our gang is still in the alley. Holtz doesn't seem to know about, like, the pregnancy. And Fred kind of, like, lays out this possibility of Holtz, like, unknowingly playing this, like, cosmic role by killing... Darla and this child and like what if this child's destined to be this important historical figure and it's all bad and then she's like or not or everything's fine have you picked a name yet <laughs> I mean she has a point and she said it so there yeah but there's but there but to answer Fred's question there has been no discussion of names there's been very little discussion of names and... they mostly discussed like how are you gonna kill it <laughs> when are you gonna kill it I've yet to see Darla with a big book of baby names <laughs> deleted scene uh but yeah angel's gonna go find jarla and the rest of the gang needs to go find a safe place to like bring them to so break oh and also wesley asks about the scrolls but angel didn't get a chance to grab them and was like i'm sure they'll be fine <laughs> cut to lila has a an expert looking at the scrolls did you love this character morgan i loved this character but nothing in this scene made me happier than what I wrote in all caps in my notes. Lila highlighted an ancient scroll. I love my evil lawyer girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you highlighted an ancient scroll? And she goes, in yellow. I mean, it's not like they're going to be selling it or doing anything for money with it. Like, they're just going to keep it away from people who could really use it. I know, but I do think, like, the chemicals that are in highlighter ink are probably 
maybe like there's a chance that's not great for like really old paper what do you know about chemicals morgan literally nothing this is all conjecture (laughs) to any of our listeners who know things about chemicals uh let me know if that would be bad for old paper but yes, I, I loved this guy who is like way too vocal about his process and has who's really worried that like the original notes were done by a colleague who's trying to take his job. It's like, no, just get, move on. A very like funny and pointed like picture of like an academic person who's like too much like wrapped up in the politics of like academia to actually, you know, maybe do the job in a timely manner like Lila needs. So yeah, so she said, have it done by morning morning, or she'll kill his family. Or have his family killed. She's not going to do it herself, obviously. Oh, no, she'd break a nail. Uh, so Holt confronts Sajan about the whole not telling him about Angel's soul thing. Which is what Sajan says, didn't seem all that important. Come on, son. To be fair, this, like, that's a big red flag that he, like, doesn't even own up to that mattering. Like, I appreciate, and then, and then the, like, Again, Holtz does not care. He's like, this just changes my feeling because hunting after someone with a soul is different than hunting after someone without a soul. Like, I have to know this shit if you want me to find this guy. And then, you know, he's like, kept nothing else from me then? He's like, uh, no, nothing I can think of. Red flags, red flags, but obviously not thinking clearly. But mm-hmm. uh, sometimes, you know, how, you know, Attila the Hun had a soul. For those who don't have, like, naturally have souls, like an angel, like, Mm -hmm. it weighs on them when they have one. Whereas with, like, a human, you know, or anyone who has a soul, it's, like, yet another thing that can be taken for granted, basically, which is why, like, it's not saying that, you know, being given a soul, having a soul makes you automatically good. It's just Mm -hmm. that when it's something that is thrust on you, you're going to feel that as opposed to something you've had your entire life. Yeah, like, it it is... It is a game changer. Like, I, I mean, there is every chance, though, that, like, I mean, we see when in season two, when Angel, like, in his, like, flashbacks, like, he goes back to Darla after he has a soul and he's like, I'll try it again. Like, I'll be evil and I'll be bad with you and I'll do all this stuff. Like, for all Holtz knows, Angel did that and then successfully was Darla's, like, partner in crime with a soul still doing evil stuff for all of this time it's just that he wasn't but you know how's he to know any of that especially if sajan's not telling him and you know if you know he had zero faith in angel to begin with pretty understandably given their history yeah but yeah the uh the is there anything else you need to tell me no the cut right to darla's pregnant belly (laughs) it's not subtle but it doesn't need to be they're on a roof, baby, because, you know, she always did love a view. Uh, Darla being, like, fucked up about bringing a child into the world with this much evil in it hurt my heart. Uh, I just, like, this scene is so beautiful. I just think, like, it, it goes so many places, and it's just so lovely, and it feels, feels like, so, so natural and, you know, given that these are two vampires talking about their improbable vampire baby, uh, we've all not not all of us, but many of us have seen uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn. Th- that conversation does not always feel like authentic or good. There's a lot of ways for it to feel very silly and improbable to hear two people talking about this. But this feels like two real people talking about a real problem that they're facing and real feelings that they have about it and her just being like how can i bring a kid into all of this when like this world is so bad 
and I love this thing and I love this baby inside me and I don't want it to ever be hurt. Like, ugh. So, uh, my heart. <laughs> yeah, she asked Angel, what do I have to offer a child? Because she's like, I haven't given this baby anything because I'm dead. It's been nourishing me. So, like, mm-hmm. all of her feelings right now, they're, they're coming from the baby and the baby's soul, which makes a lot more sense than I'm still trying to figure out the whole why she's been craving younger blood part. That still doesn't make sense. Um, but <laughs> we're, just moving, we're moving past that. We're two episodes <laughs> past that, so we're good. Um, but, yeah, this this tracks. And... And she even, like, notes once she's given birth, you know, once the baby's got, like, out of her, she won't be able to love it. And she won't even, like, be able to remember loving it, you know. Her breaking down about that absolutely broke my heart. The idea that she's like, yeah, I I won't remember I loved it. Like, and I won't be able to love it, like, and, like, hold it in my arms and, like, have a relationship with my child. Like, every, like, it, it really does comport with the fact that, like, as a vampire like it is unnatural and like she's never meant to have a child like the child was not meant to make it she was not meant to be like a mother in like the traditional sense like it is it's an impossible scenario and she is Mm -hmm. like dealing with the that feeling and and uh it's it's great her not being able to like love the baby after it's born is like that's the unspoken truth that they've been just kind of ignoring about all of this like so we've gotten past all the whole, the baby's possibly evil. It shouldn't come to be. It's like, okay, this baby's going to come to be. But what happens once Darla no longer has its soul giving her these feelings and making her care? You have to, like, protect the baby from its mother now. Yeah. And and that, like, I mean, that would be another, like, horrifying thing in itself. Like, and the fact that Darla is in this situation where she can now feel the tragedy of that and just doesn't know, like, then what, then what is the next step? You know, like, how do you do it? And it's, it is, it is really just like a really hard situation that I think is so well earned and like, well put there. Like it, it is a gorgeous setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her staking like, herself is the perfect answer. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Say she gives birth, right? Mm-hmm. She lives and the baby lives, and they decide that their their next course of action is to give her a soul. They're gonna do that spell. Based on what we've seen, both this season and from season two, actually, with like when Darla has a soul, what's to say she's not going to kill herself then either? Like Yeah. She's just gonna kill herself then, just and without after giving the birth of the baby, like honestly. Yeah. And and like or or just be like an absolute like like shell be a wreck. for yeah for so much of the child's life It'd too. Be yeah. The ultimate postpartum depression really is what it would be. Absolutely. Like it's it it's it's a really like hopeless situation like in this moment. And I think it like all Angel does all he can do which is to like hold her and to comfort her and to try to just like be there because like there's nothing else to do like there's there's no clean answer i think that is where the show like operates like best like in these like moments these like very difficult moments and these like just trying to do the best you can and knowing that things aren't going to get solved like neat and in a bow it's just like but but people keep living anyway, even though things don't get solved. And that's like what this, the kind of material that the show deals with and deals with so well. And I just, yeah, I, I think this scene is so good. 
Yeah. It's great. Julie Benz, good at acting? Julie Benz, good at acting. I I wrote Darla in very big letters and, and drew a sad face. She's great. <laughs> she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so at uh, Caritas, Lauren's like, what the fuck? You're having going to have the baby here? It's about to be the grand reopening of Caritas, y'all. Mm-hmm. Arnie the demon, yeah. Arnie the demon construction worker is like wiring up the the new security system, which is to prevent demon and human violence. Gun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and uh, Arnie, of course, is the one who can like repeat people's words and their voices. And Morgan's like, "That's a cool thing that I want to do because she's mm-hmm. a creep." Yep. <laughs> she's a little freak, as we know. Dang ass freak. Um, but yeah, he Arnie's also humming, so Lauren knows he's gonna like he's leaving a wire disconnected basically to make the job go longer because to rip him off. So Lauren fires him and is like, I'll do the wires myself. As a small business owner, you gotta know when to draw the line and delegate, buddy. <laughs> then uh we have that moment, like the our next moment is like the moment with Darla and Angel where she like says, like, you won't let me hurt it, will you? And that ah my heart. Yeah. Yeah, and then Wes calls uh, to tell him that Caritas is the place. Uh, we have Fred slapping gun to test the security system. So cute. <laughs> so Angel's like, let's go. A storm's coming, both literally and metaphorically. Mm-hmm. But Darla's feeling something, something else. Yes. Then we go to Lila's office to uh, have more translation talk. It says nothing but a birth, but also it does, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Basically, the prophecy is an, an obituary. It says there will be no birth. Only death. And also basically talks about there being rain, which, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, Lila's like, death? Cool. What a chaotic gal. <laughs> and she's like, I guess I have nothing else to do for the rest of the night. Which, girl, nope. Should have kept some people on him. So flashback. Uh, the, the day after Angel and Darla's uh, shenanigans, Holtz's men have try- are trying to get him to leave his home because it's the devil's work, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, not going to. And, you know, the body is still on the floor. But his daughter is just staying in the shadows. And, A great sign. <laughs> yeah. And this is when we get the confirmation. Because he decides to take his daughter outside into the sun. Which, fucking An- Angelus and Darla. <laughs> yeah. That is, look, that is very brutal. I I get it. You, you're going to want your vengeance uh, when that kind of thing happens, when you have to throw your daughter forcibly into the sunlight and watch her burst into flames because of the actions of two um, horny deviants. Yeah, you're going to want to hurt those people. Gun still getting hit. This time by Cordy slapping him in the back of the head. As he's just playing his Game Boy. The Game Boy is back. I was so happy to see the Game Boy back. I wish that I had had that colored Game Boy. My my Game Boy was lime green. Uh, yeah, I had purple. You had purple? That's yeah, I dope. The, yeah, the purple Game Boy color. Yeah, so again, we have to know it's the Game Boy color because Game Boy is just like a little brick. Except yes. for the clear one. Oh, I was cool. always jealous of the people with the clear one. The clear one was so cool. I do not think I picked my color. I think my color was kind of like picked for me as to like, you know, what was like on sale available or like whatever. But um, yeah, the purple is so dope and the clear was dope. I hope I hope Gun's having fun playing his game because he is really getting hit repeatedly. I know you said it was like uh, Mary Kay and Ashley, but I'm going to hope it's either um, some Pokemon, some classic Pokemon mm-hmm. or uh mario tennis which is the jam on game boy 
Dang. Okay. Yeah. I think Mario would would he be Mario? Like who do you think he would be maining well, like, as? Uh, if he in, in that it's like there's the story mode so you're like someone like at a tennis academy basically and you're like going up the ranks so like eventually you like you'll go against mario and everything gun tell us what you were playing <laughs> darla and angel come in and darla is like apologizing for her behavior but she's also like laughing it's she's not doing well hormones when in doubt hormones that is the one thing that um, I think consider a pro for pregnancy is that you could just blame everything on hormones. Would love the opportunity to do that. That piece of it is appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, her contractions have stopped and like something else has started. Like, Yeah, they're the now an hour apart, which is n- not good considering how like she was her water broke. And Wes is just like, that's worrying, to which I write in my notes, you think, Wes? He's like, no, I know, because I'm an expert on babies. Fucking guy reads one uh, one article and thinks he's, or just, has an entire like, backstory that we'll cover later. He must have an entire backstory, because I don't imagine Giles being like, I know everything about childbirth. You can't just do that and not tell us more. And we Especially, will tell you more on the official Buffy verse book that we will be pu- like writing if you let us publish it. Whoever is in charge of that, yes. And I'll come up. We'll come up with a good like what to expect when you're expecting pun or something. Yeah. See, people make their intentions known with like those Star Wars books, and then they get to write them. So we should get to write a like a Buffy verse book. I think we do a really good job. I agree. Yeah. Get, let us write a book for each member of Team Angel. I think it'd be really fun. I want to write a gun book with you. I want to write a Cordy book with you. I want to write a Fred book with you. Let this happen. Please. Please. But when Darla gets up from her chair, Fred sees some blood on it. And Yikes. that's also worrying. Not good. But also not good is the fact that Arnie... Well, a worker who got fired is working for Sajan. You can't trust anyone who works for you, apparently. You cannot trust anyone. Uh, this was very upsetting. Not not fun to see. Did you remember that he was a snitch? I know you were like, his power is cool. And I'm like, this fucking snitch in my mind. I don't think I specifically did. But when I saw it, I wasn't surprised. I was like, all right. I mean, like if he was shady enough to like pull that shit with Lorne, like he was shady enough to do this. I mean, I think that just, uh, you know, was calling out contractors who, you know, they stretch things out. Mm -hmm. But contractors are basically, you know, snitching ass demons is what I'm saying. (laughs) Which I don't appreciate because my dad is kind of a contractor, but I... You know, like, if you're a contractor who pulls that shit, I I do think that you are then capable of any kind of snitching-ass behavior. (laughs) You want to do fuckwatch? Yeah, maybe. Fuckwatch. Morgan, who you want to fuck this week? God, I really, it's, it's, it's coming for me, isn't it? Um, I, you know what? Linwood. I, <laughs> I, wow. just like, look, I respect power. I've been watching a lot of like, 
Real Housewives. I think that in the Angel universe, if I could like fuck and then like parlay into like a mutually beneficial relationship, perhaps even a marriage to Linwood, I would be able to wield quite a bit of power. And that might be beneficial to me in this cutthroat world that we know, um, you know, 2001 Angels Los Angeles to be. That is my take. <laughs> We're expecting uh, see- that, huh? <laughs> Kind of, I like. I was thinking, should I choose Linwood? I'm like, I'll have opportunities to choose Linwood in the future. So I'm like, holding that. But you know who I am going to choose? Ooh. An emotional muttering to herself, Darla. Oh. I mean, she's glowing, as the kids say. Yes. Look, that's what pregnancy will do to you. And it's a good pick because she is, she's sublime. I mean, you already chose Darla, so. Yeah. I know. Yeah, we've. We, we've enumerated many a reason, but I just want to salute you. It's a great pick. Are you mar- making sure to mark down um, who you've chosen for fuck watch just in case? You don't want to d- repeat, obviously. I will. I have them all in my head, but I, it's probably going to do to write them down. <laughs> yeah. In my diary with hearts around them. Uh, Wes tells Angel to prepare for the worst because uh, the baby's heartbeat is faint because he, you know, got his, like his fucking stethoscope out or something yeah. because uh, Dr. Wesley Wyndham Price is in the building. <laughs> Was this the Mindy Project? Because <laughs> <laughs> we all have weird amounts of knowledge of obstetrics here. <laughs> Yes, Wesley points out something that, yeah, Darla's body is not a life-giving vessel. Correct. She is dead. Like Gunn said, they need a demon doctor for this shit to understand how her demon parts work. Literally, they are dead body parts. If only a certain very cool, very weird doctor with chicken feet were here. No, 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 no. Dr. Vavanovich, come back. We miss you. Latoya and I both miss you. She told me. <laughs> no, shut up. Don't get, go Mr. Movie Phone on me. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Uh, uh, Courtney suggests a C-section. And friends point out, usually they do that. But, you know, with the mystical force protecting the pregnancy, if they do that, probably just kill the baby. <laughs> and now Angel's, like, spiraling because basically he's like, you, you don't just get half a miracle and he Ugh. believes that, like, the powers that be are, are the reason for um, Darla having this baby. And then Gunn's like, you know what? Fuck that. Maybe it is, like, the scourge from the prophecies. And the powers not allowing this to be is them finally doing shit. Which is, like, which is really fair. Like, that's the thing is, like, they really don't know. Like, Gunn is being a realist here and is like, you know there's a chance of this. And... That is parade raining, yes. But if Gunn were right, it would have been good for someone to raise that as an option. And it's like I, I, I feel for Gunn here because, like, I do think like he's right to bring that up as a possibility. At but Boreanaz's delivery of like, so like, like killing my kid is like the right option. Like, they're, like, really, uh, really hurt me. Like, it's so flat and wounded and sad. Like, Angel is really latched on to this. He he yeah. wants this baby. He wants to, like, be a part of something new and something that could be good. Like, ugh. 
and you get it like i like i think i think you just you feel it completely mm-hmm. and cordelia chase of all people says the gun you always have to be so damned honest <laughs> cordelia chase says this i know like honey <laughs> and then she slaps him and the spell works I the security that. system's working now. Lord's getting amped at the worst possible time. He's like, I did it. Is anyone going to congratulate me? <laughs> I was like, buddy, read the Dude, room. you missed an entire argument. Then we have the Angel and Darla scene, right? Yeah. Uh, she she asked him if the baby's dying. He's like, he lies and says no. And she's like, I can feel the life slipping away from me, which, oof. Oh, yeah. And... Angel's like, you have to, like, fight. Like, you have to do it. And this is where Darla says, some mother I am. Like, I can't even give him life. And this is when I think it was, it might have been a little bit earlier, but they're, like, noting that Darla's actually, like, saying him, calling the baby a baby. Like, no longer, like, an object. Like, the cat is out of the bag on her having feelings <laughs> for this, in both in general and for this child. And it's, it's, a, it's a great look on Darla, like most things. <laughs> And she's calling Angel, you know, her boy, her darling boy, as she does. But it's not with the sinister vibe it usually has when she says it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, know, she, she has a soul right now. So, yeah. she's sweet. Oh. And Gunn wants to apologize to Angel for what he just said. Uh, but they said, you know, Angel, darling, some time alone. Mm-hmm. And then enter Holtz with, you know what, a spectacular poker face when seeing Lauren immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he, he knows demons like, exist and everything, but like the fact that he's not like just fucking sneering at this devil-looking motherfucker mm-hmm. that that takes a lot. Yeah, again, I was you impressed. see you see Lauren. He literally looks like a devil image. Mm-hmm. That is like the immediate reaction you would have to him. He is surprising looking, yes, but but Holtz uh, is straight faced. Uh, Lauren was just about to get everybody drinks because he was like, "What we need is to all be drunk," and I'm like, "Lauren, I'm liking your strategy," but. Holds like shows up, takes the flyer Lauren offers him because Lauren's uh, doing business and is like, we're reopening like not tonight, though. So go away. Um, and he leaves and just starts like absentmindedly singing to himself. And you don't want to absentmindedly sing around Lauren because uh, he's going to, you know, read your intentions and know all of your evil plans. Uh, so he tells everybody to run. Yeah, because, uh, kaboom. Uh, right when it was ready. Uh, that's a technicality on the violence thing, mm-hmm. which, of course, Arnie would know, because he was working on the thing. Yeah. So, basically, the fucking Kiritas goes kaboom. Like, yeah. they just fixed up Kiritas, like, but Kiritas is no more, clearly. It just went kaboom. I hope... Like, does Lauren have insurance? Like, I hope. I don't know, because he doesn't have probably the connections to, you know, falsify things like Angel does. That's just going to be so much wasted money. But I guess, you know, he puts it on the back burner right now so that everybody can survive. They go to his, they go down to Lauren's bedroom. And, like, this is where Darla learns for the first time that Holtz is back. And she's like, Holtz? And it's like, yeah, sorry, we didn't tell you before. And now she can feel the pain of what they did to him too Mm -hmm. and And she's she's like this is why this is happening and he's like doesn't seem so funny now doesn't does it she asks Uh, and this is also where um uh, 
Cordelia goes, Rhino, and hands one of the boys a little rhino statue to use to uh, burst through the wall, which uh, tickled me very much. (laughs) Um, And then Angel, like, kicks in the entire wall, uh, releasing them outside into an alley in the rain. Um, Angel, of course, won't leave Darla. Uh, He has them go get his car, and Fred stays behind. And um, chivalrous Angel, giving her his jacket, no, like, words, just gives it to her. Sweet so man. sweet. Uh, and yeah, luckily, was- she's past her crush, so she's not going to make a thing about it. Yeah, and I love it. It, it. I do think that crush is such a such a short-lived crush in a way that I think is so real. Because even if they had not had the traumatic uh, Carpe Noctum uh, experience, I do really think she would have gotten over it because they are just not suited to each other. Yeah. She'd be like, ah, he's goofy. Like, he's a dope. <laughs> Charles is around. <laughs> ah, Charles. Charles! <laughs> this is where I write in my notes, because, uh, like, you know, uh, Darla just lays down on the street in the rain, like you do, and I write, we have officially found a worse place to give birth than the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> th- they said it couldn't be done, but... <laughs> I'm going to say I would rather give birth in the backseat of a car than in a rainy alley. Yeah. Yeah. Like officially uh, they've they've managed to make it worse. And I didn't think they could. Of course they could because as Darla says, uh, Angel, our baby's going to die right here in this alley. You died in an alley. Remember? He's like, yeah, I remember. And, you know... She basically says she wishes she could apologize for, you know, what she did to him, which is, you know, she damned him. I don't re- know if you remember that, but she damned him. Hmm. I remember a boob slice and then a damning. <laughs> yeah. But she says she can't uh, do that. Uh, and she knows that neither of them can make up for the terrible things that they did, which, you know, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. And then she says, but this child is the one good thing they ever did together. The only good thing. And, you know, Fred, even Fred's like, she's crying. She's like, this is sweet. Yeah. And then she says, you make sure to tell him that steak. Uh, it's so good. It's so, so good. It's just like, it's such a, like, a beautiful act of like, and tragic act of like sacrifice and love. Because it, it just, it can't be. Like, she wants this baby to exist, and she knows she cannot exist at the same time as the baby, the way she wants to. Like, Like, even if there were some kind of, like, way to deliver the baby, way to have a C-section, like we talked about, she would not be able to love the baby or remember having loved the baby. And she believes in this moment that it is, it needs to live and that it's a good thing. It's also a death scene worthy of this character and Julie Benz, because compare it to how she died in the episode Angel and Buffy. Uh, first of all, it was uh, the result of her being extremely selfish and just shitty. And she was like trying to pop pop Buffy, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Angel kills her. Um, you know, she was n- not much of a character, despite, you know, being told all the history she had with Angel. And we, we, we learn more about the character in the flashbacks after that, honestly. Yeah. That's how Darla becomes like an all-time character is those flashbacks starting in season two, because in season one, there's not really much to write home about, really. 
I mean, she, to be fair, she does get to be in like the first scene in the pilot. Like that is a pretty dang iconic, but um, yeah, as, as a character, I definitely wasn't walking away from Angel, like from, from my Buffy watch being like, ah, yes, Darla, the best character in the world. Like even with her additional flashbacks in that show, like I, most of my like love for her and affection for her comes from like my time watching her on, on Angel. And it's she really gets to go all over the map. Like what a gift to give to an actor like Darla is such a Mm -hmm. she she really just gets to do everything. You know, she gets to be evil. She gets to be good. She gets to be tortured. She gets to have fun. Like it's all there. She gets to wear a bunch of uh, beautiful dresses and hats (laughs) uh, in all of her flashbacks. It's great. Big ups to the WB in general for giving Julie Ben stuff because her career before this, like, I don't think people would be like, well, that yeah, chick, she's going to like pull out these like big performances, this good stuff. Because it was like also the this and um, like Buffy and Angel and the first season of Roswell, she had like a, a pretty good role too, actually. Oh, and they like let her, you know, be more because like before this, she's like the sidekick in Jawbreaker, which Jawbreaker rules and she's great yes. in Jawbreaker. She's hilarious. But like you would not expect this performance out of that actor basically watching jawbreaker it's interesting like with characters like darla like spike um characters that like become and, and like wesley too that start as like guest stars and recurring guest stars and grow into something much larger and much more significant is a kind of thing that can only happen in tv is where you mm-hmm learn that someone you're working with is really talented and you have the opportunity to be able to promote them and give them all sorts of stuff to do and see what works and see what doesn't and she never falters like she's always she's always just as good as she needs to be and it's impressive because they ask quite a bit of her and she has to do a lot of work like if you don't buy her you don't buy so many things about angel and you just buy them completely. And it's it's also a testament to, like, the chemistry and, like, the whatever kind of bond that they have because, like, their scenes together are always so, I think, so, like, deeply felt and, and good and well acted. Uh, but, yeah, so she turns to dust in Angel's hands and all that's left is this poor baby on the wet alley ground. Yeah. And in the, in the meantime, Holt is coming He's got a crossbow. And Angel holds his son for the first time, bundles him up in the coat that Fred hands him back. And you can just see it on his face. Like, he loves this kid. It It's there already. And it's, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry now. Um, it's just, like, beautiful. And the way that he, like, stares down Holtz while, like, holding the baby. And there's this moment of, like, there's like defiance in his eyes. There's the guilt. There's the idea that like, obviously he can't ask this guy, like I have a kid. Don't hurt me because he did it to his kid and he hurt him. He and did it to his, his own baby his as baby, well. Like, yeah. Angel wouldn't blame him if he did do it. But he, he, what else is he supposed to do? It's, you know, it's, it's again, the murky situation of like, none of us want to be here, but we are here. How do you keep going on when you find yourself in these circumstances? So he just looks at him until he puts his weapon down. And it it got me. Boreanis is great here. 
I agree. Yeah, I'm very emotional. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, it's very good. <laughs> it is very good, very emotional, and um, I'm pretty sure you're gonna have a bunch of that uh, for the rest of the season. So, oh yeah, good I'm luck. Gonna, gonna be a mess and a half. And then Sajan's like yelling at him, like, "This is your chance. You're supposed to show no mercy." <laughs> Great Sajan impression. Ah! I have a scar. <laughs> These are all things yeah, he um, says. Yeah. Holt, Holt says, I swore that I would show no mercy, and I won't fade to black. It's so uh, he's gonna be doing something worse. This was uh he, he's he's still not forgiven Angel. Yeah, like I don't know, like at this point when he's just like like this essentially Holt is being like, Yeah, I'm gonna fuck with this kid, essentially, and I'm like, uh, no thanks, sir. Like, fuck off. I think the thing that hurts this but it also like you can't show that it's like we don't see what happened to holtz's baby we know holtz had a baby but like they they draw on the sarah turning into a vampire thing but like what exactly did they do to baby holtz and we're assuming obviously that the, they killed the baby but this is still the wb it's still you know network television yeah. they're not gonna show what they did to that baby mm-hmm. and that kind of creates a disconnect because again they're dwelling on the Sarah stuff, but we, like you could you almost forget that he did have a baby. It's kind of almost a throwaway line in the previous episode. Yeah, but like he had a newborn that they also killed. Mm-hmm. Like that's the the combination of both that and the like turning Sarah into a vampire. Yeah, like th- those are hor- horrific. Absolutely, and it it sets up this like this possibility for like holds to get like some like eye for an eye justice now with Angel's child. But obviously like given everything that Angel has said to Holtz, like he used to be this good man and used to be this person with morals and it's you, you look, I, I, I totally understand wanting to hurt someone as badly as they've hurt you, but if you're willing to kill a baby, you're a pretty garbage person. Uh and like I, you know, Holtz doesn't seem to be in a position to reckon with what it would mean. You know, he doesn't seem to be in a position to care about what that would mean yeah. about him doing that. Because, again, he, he in his mind, he hasn't traded anything for this opportunity to kill Angel. You know, clearly it's it's metaphorically his soul is what mm-hmm. he has traded. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to care, which. Uh, yikes. Yeah. N- not great, Bob. I would have to agree, Bob. Not great, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've come to the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long day for Angel the Vampire and, you know, his wacky sidekicks. Yada, yada. Yada, yada. <laughs> so now I think all of them together should kind of just gather around wherever the television is in the Hyperion. Mm-hmm. And they should watch an, a little episode from a little WB show. Hit the music. Angel is a vampire. Does he even like TV? I think he'll like the WB. <laughs> they got that hot teen drama to ease the pain and trauma. And here's the episode that he needs to see. So what 
uh, WB show do you think I'm going to suggest, Morgan? You can guess. So many. Gosh, I mean, there are so many. Um, I mean, I'm assuming something about about fatherhood or something about revenge. And I'm like, well, they have a lot of babies and charmed. Um, I can't guess. I don't know. The mountain? <laughs> the mountain again? <laughs> Just weeks in a row of the mountain. Just thirteen weeks every episode of the mountain. I would love that if you just picked a day. If this segment stopped being about WB Watch and became which episode of the mountain does Angel need to watch? Maybe, maybe later. Mm-hmm. Maybe later in the show we'll do that. But the the WB episode I've chosen for Angel to watch is Angel season two episode five. <laughs> Dear boy. Uh, a very good episode. Yeah, I mean, again, Angel just needs to look into his past. Look how far they've come, basically. Uh, as Rob Thomas would say, let's see how far they've come. Yeah. I love that for him. I hope he loves watching that episode. And, you know, Darla tells him, God doesn't want you, but I still do. Um, Angel tries, you know, to do a bunch of lecturing Darla on what having a soul would really mean and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he's just so holier than thou and blah, blah, blah. And he's obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. But, like, compare the way they interacted there, even, like, when he was trying to help her in season two, like, in the trial. Mm-hmm. Now, compare it to now in season three with all that they've gone through. Like, right now, you've got the intimacy and the regret and the understanding. And like, they're on the same page. And it's just heartbreaking. And it really is just... So far from what we've, any version of Angel and Darla we've seen, basically. And it's just comparing that to what we have now, mm-hmm. it's a it's a beautiful story. And I think Angel should know that Darla is no longer alive, but she has given him this son and this beautiful story. Yeah. And she's, and she's like herself, like managed to grow and learn some things and complete like certain journeys of her own. So even though it's like tragic that she dies and that she can't experience like a future with her child like she got to like she learned to like regret the things that she'd done she learned to put something ahead of herself and she learned like to give a shit and that's so beautiful r.i.p baby girl (laughs) and it's just a reminder that um even if you kill uh, a woman off of a show, it doesn't mean you're fridging them because she's double dyed, obviously. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you can be double fridged, as I learned from finally watching season two of The Boys. <laughs> but yeah, that, that is the episode I want Angel to watch, all of them to watch. are chugging along in season three gosh we really are i can't the next episode is titled dad which gives us nothing because we know angel's a dad yeah (laughs) every episode title should tell you exactly what happened to the episode that's the truth and that is what i believe uh i believe that you should tell them where they can find us on the internet uh you guys can follow us on twitter and instagram at angel on top cast 
Uh, and if you would like to send us an email, you would be very welcome to do so and can email us at angelontoppodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you're also very welcome to come support us on Patreon, which we would really appreciate. Yes. Um, I guess you can find me on Twitter at LaFergs or don't. I'm trying to get canceled. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Lorgan Mudich or any other social networking um, platform you want. That's what my username will be. I'm not trying to get canceled, but I might get canceled faster than LaToya just purely on accident. <laughs> Some of the best content for kids is both entertaining and educational. And with 5 for 5 Trivia, not only do kids get to learn from each week's brand new theme, they also get to challenge themselves by playing trivia. A Parents' Choice Foundation Silver Award winner, this fast-paced trivia podcast is perfect for kids ages 6 to 12. It's released five times a week, so it's a quick addition to your daily routine and a fun challenge to get five out of five right on trivia topics like animal sounds, time travel, fictional ghosts, and underwater exploration. So get your high fives warmed up and check out Five for Five Trivia, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.